Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where a Christian guy named Bill saw an ad online for a Christian horse, so he wanted to check it out. The horse owner said, hey, it's easy to ride him. Just say praise the Lord to make him go and amen to stop him. Bill got on the horse and said, praise the Lord. Sure enough, the horse started to walk. Praise the Lord, he said again, and the horse began to trot. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, he yelled, and the horse broke into a gallop. Bill was enjoying his ride so much that he almost didn't notice the cliff he and the horse were about to go over. Bill shouted, Amen, at the top of his lungs, and the horse stopped right away at the edge of the cliff. Relieved, Bill said, Ah, oh, phew, praise the Lord. <laughs> This is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal risen Lord and Savior, thanking Him for His sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that your Holy Spirit anoint us and lead and guide us as we talk to your people today. We pray that you will be seen and that your words will be heard in their spirits and they will understand from the revelation that you give them personally. Amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends without ceasing, and treats everyone with loving-kindness. The title of this podcast today is Enlarging the Tent of Tabernacles. Hey, Christy. How are you? I'm doing really well today. How are you doing? It's a beautiful day I'm doing day pretty here. good. I remember when I was a young man, I went with my father to a person who had a horse. He was an Arabian horse, and... They let me ride it. What they didn't tell me is that the horse had this habit of running as fast as it could down to the end of the field and stopping like two feet from the fence. And I ended up looking up at the belly of the horse at oh, the end man. of it. Oh, man. Yeah. It really discouraged me from riding horses I yeah, didn't know no in the future. You said, praise the Lord. <laughs> That's right. Praise the Lord. Well, today we're going to talk about enlarging the Ten of Tabernacles. And the reason that we're going to talk about this is the tabernacle movement is starting. And it's not coming the way that people would probably think that God would do a movement. In times past, on the great revivals in America, we had preachers that would go around on horses and they preached to crowds and the Holy Spirit would fall upon them and convict them of sin and they'd have these great movements. But the way that is going to happen is it's going to be individual places where God builds essentially a tabernacle tent of people that are drawn together and you won't know where they're at. Mm -hmm. You won't know that they're there. They'll just kind of coalesce by themselves through the Holy Spirit. The tabernacle movement is going to come without notice. It's going to be here, but you won't notice it until it's time to be revealed. And it's going to grow organically. It's kind of like when crystals form. You have to have the right ingredients. You mm. have to have the right pressure. You mm. have to have the right environment, the right timing. And they naturally form. They'll just spontaneously start growing. And you don't know 
exactly where they're going to grow, but they just start growing. They grow and they grow and grow and they get bigger and they form these beautiful symmetric crystals. And it's a natural process that requires a certain condition. Hmm. Interesting. And right now, what's happening all over the earth is the tabernacle's movement is growing because the condition, which is the nearness of God, prevails. So therefore, what I'm talking about in public about tabernacles is taking place in secret all over the world. People are being drawn together by the Spirit. They're coming from very different places, but they're all feeling to be with certain people. And those tabernacle crystals are growing. Those places that God is drawing certain people together to be part of a body of Christ that functions. And that's what's happening here in Elysia. We're having people drawn from different areas of the world. It's not the people down the street. It's the people from halfway across the country or in different countries. And they're coming here specifically because they feel drawn by the Holy Spirit. And God is building a tent. He's enlarging the tent of tabernacles here. And I believe he's simultaneously doing that in other places like South Africa is a real hotbed of tabernacle movement right now. Australia. It's an amazing thing. And it's not something that we have to build. You know, there's this thing where you say, well, I've got to go out and do something for God. And the truth is, no, you have to stay here and yield to God and ask him what he wants you to do and then do it. Yeah, exactly. You don't work at it. you got to yield to it. And this is a fundamental precept of everything that God does through tabernacles. You yield to his spirit. Now that after yielding may require some work or some journey or some sacrifice or things like that. But you don't decide to go and do something. You decide to hear his voice and then do what he says. Right. And the fundamental key of that is that there isn't a standard on how you pursue this. I remember being in Bible college and the guys that were there, they understood the pattern. You went to Bible college, then you graduated, then you took a job as an associate minister at some church underneath a seasoned minister. And then you grew in that. Sometimes you would start as a youth pastor, but the youth pastor was never your end goal. The youth pastor right. was your path to becoming the senior pastor. So you'd be a youth pastor. Then you would become an associate pastor. Then if you did really well, you'd become an assistant pastor. And then when the pastor got old and retired, you would take his position as the senior pastor. And that was the pattern. That was what you did in ministry. It's not like that in the tabernacle movement. There is no pattern. There is just the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right. Because what God is going to lead me to do in tabernacles may look radically different to what he's going to lead someone that's halfway across the world to do. Exactly. That's what's beautiful about it is it's God's work. It's not defined and outlined by men. It's people that love God and want to serve him with everything that they have and yield to him completely and listen to him and then do what he tells him to do. That's what Tabernacles is. And undoubtedly, when you come into unity with God in that kind of closeness and intimacy, and you're listening to him moment by moment, and he's increasing his spirit in you, the sensitivity to his spirit is increasing in you, he is going to connect you to other believers. That's a vital part of Christianity. It's a vital part of humanity. It's the way that God has made us. It's the way that God worked through his people when Jesus was on the earth. It's the way that God worked through his church when Jesus left and sent his spirit. And it's right. Fundamental move of tabernacles is being led by the Spirit of God to connect with another person by the Spirit of God in them. And when you are together, you step into a higher fulfillment of who you are. 
and the purposes of God just blossom in you and everybody that you're connected to and you become people that you never thought you could be. The interesting thing is, though, there's not an outline, there's not a format. And you can't say every tabernacle group has this type of person and this type of person and this type of person. This is what they do as a group because you don't know. You might have a tabernacle group. The sole purpose is creating music. You might have a tabernacle group that's sole purpose is just ministering to people in their community. You might have a tabernacle group that's sole purpose is listening to God and hearing God receiving prophetic words that they can pass on to people. You don't know what God wants you to do until you listen to him. And there's no rule of thumb. The only thing is listening to the spirit of God, yielding to him moment by moment and doing what he asks you to do and connecting with the people that he wants you to connect with. Precisely. When I was younger, I used to like to go to rock shows because I think they're really pretty. And it would be a gem show. And everybody would be displaying their gems, their rocks that they thought were real pretty. And they were. They're all gems. You know, a lot of them were crystals. Some of them were agate. But they were all in that tent of a gem show. Mm. But within that tent, the variety was amazing. Wow. And they were all beautiful. You go ooh and ah. And one, and then the next one, you go, ooh, nah. Everything was amazing. And the thing I remember about the rock shows is the symmetry of the rocks, especially crystals. They were so beautiful because they were so symmetrical. They were formed over a long time, but they were precisely formed. They were fit together so precisely that they grew into this very symmetrical, perfect lattice of a crystal. It wasn't anything that anybody could make. They had to find it. And likewise, with the tabernacle movement, it's not anything you can make. You have to find it. You have to find where you fit into that lattice of that crystal that God wants to make beautiful. And you find a part of the body where you fit in perfectly, and then you become a functioning part of something that's lovely. It's an amazing thing. You know, we don't have to make anything. We just have to find it. We just have to become part of it. God is doing an amazing work in The thing that you have to understand about tabernacles is that it's not a doctrine. It is not a systematic theology. It is an experience that forms the basis of our fellowship. And you'll find the core relationship with Christ in every tabernacle movement, in every tabernacle cell, in every tabernacle lattice, in every tabernacle thing that you find. But the manifestation of Christ in them will be sometimes very different and even shockingly so because it's tailor-made to the conditions and the environment that they're in so that it can be beautiful where it's at. Yeah, tailor-made to the environment. I like your illustration of how the crystals would grow when all of the conditions around them were right because that's very much a picture of what God's doing in his body with the tabernacle movement. That's why it's so imperative to listen to the Holy Spirit and be where he wants you to be and be connected to the people he wants you to be with because that's what creates the conditions that are right for the body of Christ to blossom and grow and become the fullness of who they are. We often don't know what is inside of us until we really connect with God where he wants us to be and with the people he wants us to be with. And then we just see things that were in us that we never saw before just blossom. And the alignment of God that comes into your life The synchronicities and the rightness that happens when you align with the will of God for your life is amazing. And it makes life just a joy. And it takes all the pressure and the stress out of life when you're just in the flow of God. I remember being in the Lewis and Clark Caverns in Montana once, deep, deep, deep underground where no light ever comes until they dug so you could get down there. But there was one point where 
they turned off all the lights completely and you could not see a thing. But when they turned on just a little light or you could turn on the flashlight on your phone, you could see these beautiful rocks. You'd have these stalactites and stalagmites that would be beautifully forming in this cave. And when you shine light on them, they were absolutely gorgeous. They were brilliant colors. They were lights that were reflecting. It was amazing. And I remember thinking, wow, God created all of this and it's in the dark. Nobody can see it. Nobody can see the beauty here. And I thought about the fact that God is the light of the world and the scripture in Job that he walks among the deep on the earth. Mm. And I thought, wow, I think God created these crystals here just for himself so he could walk in the depths of the earth. And as he comes, the light of who he is shines on them. He can see this beautiful formation. But without light, you can't see it. That's very much how we are. If we don't have the light of God shining in our lives, we just are in the dark and we can't see the beauty that we are. We can't see the wonderful way that he has created us because it takes his light shining on us to be able to see it. It also takes us being in alignment with him where all the conditions are right and his light coming into our lives as we actually step into his light. If you're in a room where there's a stream of sunlight coming in the window and you want to warm yourself in the sunlight, you can't just stand six feet away and say, hey, come over here, come over here. You have to move to where the sunlight is if you want to warm. And when it moves, you move if you want to stay warm in the sunlight. It's like a cat in a living room that will just move where the sun moves because it wants to lay in the sun the entire day. That's exactly how we need to be. We don't direct where the light goes. We have to get in the beam of light. And when we're in the beam of light, in the conditions that God wants in alignment with where he wants us in particular to be connected with the people that he wants us in particular to be connected to, we're going just to see amazing, beautiful things come out of ourselves and the people around us. And God is going to be able to really manifest himself on the earth through these little groups that he builds. The reason that crystals are so beautiful is they're amazingly extreme organizations. They're lattices of atoms of a certain substance that are put together precisely. And that formation of the crystal becomes beautiful. And likewise, with the tabernacle movement, you need to be where God calls you. You're a certain kind of person that fits in a certain kind of place within the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And if you allow God to move you to that part of the body of Christ, you'll fit perfectly and you'll become beautiful with others who are like you. It doesn't mean that others that are not like you are somehow inferior. No, they're just different. They fit into another beautiful crystal of God, another tent of God that he's making someplace else. And if you both go to the places where God is calling you, then you will both be beautiful in that place. The thing is, this is a hidden work to the natural man. Right. Natural-minded people can't understand what is going on. You're, Christy, a tabernacle Christian. You go and do your work and you interact with people every day. You don't wear a t-shirt that says, I'm a tabernacle Christian. (laughs) But you are God manifest in the flesh to the extent that you yield that day to the people around you. And you do. And they are blessed. God is doing a hidden work. And then the time that is appropriate, he will manifest the tent of tabernacles to the world. Mm -hmm. A people that have been otherwise hidden will all be revealed. I think it was somewhere around 312 A.D., Emperor Constantine, the emperor of Rome, decided that he shouldn't fight the Christian thing because it was overwhelming the empire. So what he did is he made it the state religion. And like the next day, hundreds of thousands of Christians came out into the streets celebrating their freedom because they'd been persecuted for the last two centuries, you know. Wow. 
people were amazed how many Christians there were because they thought that Rome had basically stamped them out. But they had been living in the catacombs, deep underground. What I'm advocating to you who are listening to me today is that you need to get with the people that God wants you to be with. If you are working in a job or living in a place or part of a community that is not really suited for you, you'll never prosper to the extent that God wants to bless you. However, if you do allow God to lead and guide you and put you where you should be, then he'll bless what he authors. And you'll find that your life begins to go easier and that things just kind of happen for good. I remember I needed a couch for your living room out here. And we were looking online, it'd be like five, 600 bucks, yeah. you know, even to get a used one. Everything's really expensive right now. So I was just down at a local thrift store and I came upon this couch, which seemed to be the perfect couch for your living room. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. I looked at it. It was a really good shape. It wasn't faded. There wasn't cat all over it or yeah. anything like that. <laughs> and I thought, I think this will fit. And so I bought it. And then we brought it down here. And we put it in your living room. It's the exact size. The coloring, the coloring matches is exact. Everything. The style, the of, the, style yeah. of the thing matches your other decor. It's like it was bought new just for that. Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah. it was like 60 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it is good enough for what mm -hmm. you need. And what I'm learning is that when you are in the will of God, life flows a lot easier. But when you are out of the will of God, doing your own works, life is grind. Yeah, it really is. You know, everything you have to work for, everything doesn't go very right for you. And you wonder, why God? Why aren't you blessing me? It's because basically you're not where God wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a difficult thing to hear because you think, well, I've got all my people here. I've been here forever. And the Holy Spirit tells you, I want you to pull up stakes and move halfway across the country. That seems too much. But really what's too much is staying there and just grinding your life away out of the will of God mm -hmm. where you're at. It's not just a one level thing in Tabernacles. When you step into what God wants you to do, it's not just one thing. You become the fullness of who you are increasingly. You just little by little, every aspect of your life grows. There's healing that takes place, especially through the people that God connects you to. There's wisdom. There's a blossoming of your heart's desires that you kind of put on the shelf because you figure, yeah, God must not want me to do that. Or I would have done it by now. And all of a sudden he opens up doors that only you can fit through. And he won't allow anybody else to step into this position and this job or this particular activity except you because you're exactly. the one that's called to it. It's amazing. It's a life that we're meant to live because that's exactly what Tabernacles is. It's a foretaste of the new heavens and the new earth. You know, when you become saved, salvation is an amazing thing. It's what takes you from death to life. It's what puts you into God. It's what allows you to spend eternity with him. Eternal life, according to the Bible, is to know God and the one whom he has sent. Mm. Eternal life is not about living forever without dying. That's part of it, absolutely, because that's how we're created to be. But eternal life is stepping into knowing God and the Son whom he has sent. So through Jesus, we come to know God, and that in itself is eternal life. So that starts now. 
we see the fullness of it when we get to the new heavens and the new earth, but it starts now. And the next step after receiving its salvation and walking in that eternal life is being filled with the Spirit. And when you are filled with the Spirit in the typical historical Pentecostal sense, you have a powerful move of God come on you that you can feel. It's manifest right. through your body, most often speaking in tongues. You sometimes have words of knowledge. You have powerful moves of God that will come through you as you pray for someone to be healed. You see all kinds of gifts of the Spirit manifest through you. And that's an amazing thing. That's more of the eternal life, knowing God. But there's an aspect of being spirit-filled that it's almost like a night and day kind of a thing. You have your fleshly times and you have your spiritual times. A lot of people have that kind yeah, of back and forth. Dichotomy. Yeah. And when you really need to know if it's God's will, you say, let me go pray about it. You go in your prayer closet, you pray, maybe you pray in tongues, you get a word from God, you know what to do, and you go back out and you say, okay, this is what God wants. And that's kind of the typical spirit-filled life. You're driving down the road. Where does God want me to go? You pull over and stop and you listen and you pray in the spirit and you hear, you go left. Okay. Then you get back on the road and you go left. That's wonderful because you're feeling the spirit and the leading of God. But God wants to move us into the tabernacle blessing, which goes from having this dichotomy of flesh versus spirit to being filled with the spirit to the point that we are one with him. Right. And when you really begin to walk in that, it is the weirdest, most surprising thing. I had an experience just this past week where I was so amazingly in the flow of God that when I went to the store to pick up some items, I had a limited amount of time. I wanted to get back home to get some stuff done, but there were certain things I wanted to get things would almost appear right in front of me where they were not even supposed to be. Things that were not on the right shelf in the right section that I needed showed up. I needed scotch tape and I was walking down the aisle where the papers are and there's a thing of scotch tape sitting right there out of place, exactly what I needed. That happened about four different times on this one shopping trip. It was the most amazing thing. It was almost to the point where I was chuckling. I need tortillas and I'm looking up at the signs. I can't even see where the ethnic foods are. And then I look to the left and there's a stand right 10 feet from me that's full of tortillas. It's amazing. And when I mentioned it to you, you said, wow, you're really being led by the spirit. Right. Yeah. And actually, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about being led by the spirit in tabernacles, it's not being led as in you see God over there and you go there. It's like you're in his flow. I wasn't consciously praying, God, show me where the scotch tape is. Show me where I need to go for this. Help me to get through this the quickest way. He just did that to show me that I was in his flow. So I walked down this aisle, found this. I walked down this aisle. Well, that's not supposed to be there, but good thing it's there because they didn't have this color over on the other side that I was looking for. Amazing. And that's the flow of God. And God really used that to illustrate in my life that if he is with me that intimately when I am just grocery shopping... Imagine how he is in all of my life, especially the big things that matter so much to him and to me. We don't always feel this lightning bolt from heaven when we're being led by the Spirit. When we get to the point where we're growing in oneness with God, it's just that we step into his flow. And when we're in his flow, it's just that we feel God in us. And where we go is where God leads us. Our it's desire like, becomes his desire. It really does. Yeah. And we're just carried along in the flow of the river and God takes us where we need to be. It's what God intends for humanity. It's what it was like in the Garden of Eden, the oneness with God, where God walked with us. Now he wants to walk in us and and through us and we can just yield to that life of ease and get into his flow as long as we're willing to obey what he's saying to do as long as we're feeling that connection to him and we're being obedient to everything that he moves us in it puts us in this beautiful stress-free life of flow in God where we don't have to go into a room and pray for something and occasionally you do need to spend some time seeking God on things but you don't have to stop every time you need to make a decision you just 
yield to God, become one with him, and he just takes you in his flow where he wants you to be. It's amazing. Well, exactly. There's a lot of stuff going on down in South Africa right now, and we're getting a lot of people contacting us and wondering where Tabernacles is down Mm. there. And I want to just speak to those brothers and sisters in South Africa. Tabernacles is the answer for South Africa. You have a lot of racial strife down there right now, and there's a lot of anger. And the only way you're going to fight that anger is with greater love. And that's what Tabernacles is. You manifest God in such a way as that you manifest his love. You don't hate anymore. You don't Mm -hmm. distrust anymore because you see God in another person. And all that tension that has built up over the years just dissipates because the presence of God is in both of you. And what I would highly encourage is that you seek out other tabernacle saints. And how do you do that? Well, you be led by the Spirit. You ask God, I want to meet other tabernacle Mm. saints. And then if he says, get up and start walking, that's exactly what you do. And you walk wherever he says, and you talk to whomever he says to talk to. And you let God connect you. A connection is not something you manufacture. It's something you yield to. Exactly. And it will bowl you over like nothing else you've ever felt before. You Mm -hmm. will immediately connect with that individual. And they will connect with you. And there will be a bond formed by the Spirit that is unbreakable. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who they are, what socioeconomic class they come from. It doesn't matter. It only matters that God is in them looking back at you. And you experience Jesus in a greater way than you can ever experience him alone because God manifest in the flesh is standing opposite of you. And you are drawn to the Spirit of God in them and they yield as they were meant to yield, as they were created to yield. It is the most amazing thing. You can take this tabernacle experience into the most war-torn, terrible places on earth and God will manifest And people will lay down their arms and beat their weapons into plowshares. Mm -hmm. It is the most amazing. I have seen tribal animosity evaporate in a moment of time when they're connected to another individual. Wow. All that hatred and mistrust Mm -hmm. and loathing is turned into honor and trust and mm-hmm. and just a desire to bless the other person. It is the most amazing thing in the world. I would not have believed it had I not seen it. I tell you, Tabernacles is the answer to the most terrible places and the most terrible things that are happening in the world because you will not harm anyone that you love. Exactly. And you will not do evil. You will not lie. You will not cheat. You will not steal towards anyone you love with the love of God. And this is what God is about to do. And even if you are not totally into the tabernacle thing, you'll be swept up in the love. And from that group of people that swept up in this love, God will harvest his bride, the perfected saints, those whose hearts have been made pure by his love and by their word of their testimony. And we just need to open our eyes and allow God to let us see Because if we see what God is doing, we will know that he is in control. There is no reason to fear when the Spirit of God is here. It is inevitable that God will win. God is in control. And it's all going to work out in the end. And those who have bet their lives on God will receive reward. 
because he will not fail. He will not fail you in any situation that you're in. If you put your life in his hands, no one will take it from you because no one can take it from him. You are facing really difficult things in your life. You are discouraged. You feel like this burden that's on you will never lift. And I'm telling you the way out of that and the way to greener pastures is to follow your shepherd, just to trust his voice. And not only trust his voice, but allow him to connect you with the people that he desires. Not that look good on the outside. Not that is in your denomination. Not that is in your race. Not that is in your country. But with the people that God divinely joins you with as part of the body of Christ. That is where you will function. That is where you find blessing. That is where the hardship that you feel now will become a smooth road without rocks. God is about to do something amazing. And you have been called to have a front row seat to it because you're listening to us. Not many people understand what is coming, but you want to be part of it. This puts all other revivals to shame, including the first century revival in Jerusalem. They had a wonderful thing happen, but this is going to be worldwide. And it is beginning now. This is why we are talking. The tent of tabernacles is being enlarged as we speak. The tents are already being formed everywhere in the world. And we are just a herald that that is happening. We are telling you it is happening even though you cannot see it with your natural eyes. You will never find these people unless God leads you to them. And if God leads you to them, then you're supposed to be part of them. Those who are meant to be together will form together like those crystal lattices. They will join and they will be pure and they will be strong and they will be beautiful. That's what you want. Right now you're alone. Right now you're trying to find your way by just groping around in the dark. And sometimes you find something good, but most of the time you put your hand in mud. God wants to lead you. You'll form that tent where you go. You'll be part of that tent where that tent is. In South Africa, you'll go there. In Australia, you'll go there. In England, you'll go there. In Finland, you'll go there. In Congo, you will go there. There's people all over the world that are listening to this broadcast. We see in the stats. And these truths are powerful. You cannot unlearn these things once you've heard them. And they sit there and they start to form you in God. And this is an amazing thing. I am so excited to be part of it. You know, for us, we speak the vision. You are the people that hear the vision and run with it. You are the people that build upon the foundation that we lay. You are the people that build the beautiful edifice of God in this generation that people will look at and marvel, say, wow, this is beautiful. It's an amazing thing. You are called to be part of it. That's amazing too. If you just get out of the way and let him have his way, you'll be great in him. Exactly. Let his light shine on you to see what you look like when you're not in the darkness. That's what's amazing. I like that. Our ministry and our mission, Michael's and mine, is to confirm to you 
the things that God may be doing. And you may hear things, bits and pieces of what we say from time to time, and you connect with it in your spirit. And you say, yes, that's what I thought God was telling me to do. Now I got confirmation. We're not necessarily telling you anything new. We believe that God wants to use us to confirm things that he is doing, because this is not a work of Michael and Christy or God's Love Club or the Final Feast. This is a work of the Spirit of God all around the world. I believe there's some of you that are listening that you have felt like you needed to leave the churches that you're in. And for a while, you haven't even been going to church. And you've been under a lot of condemnation for that because you feel like, I couldn't do my Christian walk there. And I feel like I needed to leave. And now that I'm gone from there, I feel like I'm blossoming in God. But there's a part of you that feels guilty and condemnation because you're not going to church. The actual physical churches in the world are really irrelevant to what God is doing. If you can function and grow and are blessed and are a blessing in a actual church, that's wonderful. Stay there as long as God tells you to stay there. But if you've been called out of a church, but you know you're called to something in God, you may find yourself connecting with other Christians and have a little group of two or three people that you get together every once in a while and just talk about God. Go have a cup of coffee and talk about what God is doing or share prayer requests or just experience the Spirit of God together. That is your little tabernacle tent. And there's no set standard on numbers. You know, a lot of these churches feel like we started with five, but we're going to grow. We're going to grow. Now we have 15. We're doing good. Now we have 50. (laughs) It's not about that in the spirit of God. It's about being with the people that God wants you to be with and doing what he asks you to do. You may have a group of two or three people that are very, very closely connected and you're hearing and experiencing the spirit of God together and you're going out and doing things for his kingdom. He may not want it to grow beyond those two or three people because he is doing something very specific with the people that he has. You may have another group that's 30. You might even have a tabernacle group that's 300 that functions together as individual people connect with each other. We don't know. We're not defining it. We're just saying, listen to the spirit of God and do what he is asking you to do with whoever he is asking you to do it. And you're going to find your life so aligned with God that the blessings, the synchronicities, the things in you that you didn't even know were there will just blossom. And it's an amazing experience that you are specifically called to be a part of. Otherwise, you would not have found this podcast. You would not be listening to it. Because you are listening to us right now, you are called to be a part of this. And it's up to you to connect with God and find out where he wants you, what he wants you to be doing, and with whom. Amen. Those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to this generation. There was a woman in England that I knew, and she was very discouraged about Christianity. She used to be part of the Catholic Church, and she was severely overweight. Uh, She was agoraphobic. She was a recluse. Mm. And we started talking, and we talked and talked and talked. And as we talked in fellowship, one day says, I'm going to quit smoking. I said, okay, that's a good thing to do. Cold turkey, she quit smoking and Mm. never smoked again. And then... A little later, she says, you know, I'm going to go on a diet. I said, oh, that's good. And she lost 80 pounds. Mm. She could literally fit into one of the pants legs that she used to wear. And she said, I think I should go back to school. And she went back to school and she bettered herself. And she was a social worker. She was with this other lady who was agoraphobic and schizophrenic. And she was ministering to her as part of her job. And this lady would not go to look out her patio window. That's how agoraphobic this woman was. And so this woman started ministering to that lady. And by the time she was done with that lady, by the time she was done telling her about what God had done with her Mm -hmm. and how God had loved her, this lady was having 
lunch on the docks with a friend. Wow. By yourself. It doesn't take a massive amount of people to make a profound difference in a person's life. Exactly. This person remade herself by the love of God, and then that love of God jumped from her to another person Mm -hmm. that nobody would ever get at and released her too. And this is the domino effect. This is enlarging the tent of tabernacles. Exactly. It really is. It's when you become free, your freedom runs off on the people around you. Mm -hmm. They become free. It's the ripple effect of divine love. Somebody loves you. You get filled with the love of God. You love somebody else. They get filled with the love of God. They love somebody else. And you love two. They love two. They love two. And pretty soon you've loved a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And this ripple just keeps going on. And this is how God is working in these latter days. We don't have to have a big organization in order to do monumental things. Exactly. We can make incredible differences in individuals' lives if we will yield to the Holy Spirit. And if you have 500 people yielding to the Holy Spirit to another person, you've ministered to 500 people very individually. Whereas if you only have 10 people that are leading the church that's trying to minister to 500 people, they're spread so thin that they can't really minister that effectively. That's right. Yeah, it's the one-on-one connection that demonstrates a very unique, a very pointed love of God that really changes people's lives. I have a friend that I'm ministering to who's very, very troubled, and I've only ministered to her over the phone and online. I've never even met her in person. She lives very far away. But she's basically a recluse in her home in a huge city in a country where there's a lot of oppression and a lot of Muslim activity and a lot of demonic activity, and she would be completely lost if she was left to herself. But God saw her and loved her so much that he established a connection. He allowed me to find her and we have a connection and she blesses me with a lot of encouragement that she sends. But I am also just a light of God that shines into her life and she's very grateful. And she's been invited to many, many churches in her area. She's gone to some of the churches, but she's never experienced the love of God as deeply and as life-changingly as she did when she connected to just one or two people directly. That's how God really intends to move. You know, when Jesus said, where two or three of you are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. He didn't say where at least two, preferably 500 are there, then I will be there powerfully. He said we're two or three. It's the intimacy of a small group of people that are there together at the leading of the Spirit of God where you really feel the love of God. When you are really feeling the love of God, you know you are feeling and manifesting God because He is love. If you come together with Christians and there's judgment and criticism and that kind of activity going on, that's not manifesting God. What's manifesting God is love. That doesn't mean that there doesn't have to be some correction and some redirection with people, but the overriding feel and flow of these kinds of connections is love. And that's how God wants to move on this earth. There's so many people on this earth that if they are touched one by one and you become like those stalactites and stalagmites, you think you're just alone and nothing in the dark. And God comes into your life through one person and shines his light and they see something in you that you've never seen and you start seeing something in yourself, you see something in them. The beauty that is within just really comes out. But you have to have that love of God, the light of the love of God shining in you as God connects you to another person. Exactly. And it is yet to be revealed what God has in store for people. Mm. Usually when you see these crystals, they're about three, four inches tall. But there's a place down underground in Mexico that they found when they were digging a mine. When they got in there and shined light on those, those 
crystals were 20, 30 feet tall and four or five feet thick. Wow. Perfectly formed over thousands of years. Because the conditions were right. Yeah, yeah. and they've been hidden all this time. Oh, yeah. And you wonder what else is hidden exactly. in the recesses of the earth. What yeah. other beauty? And it's just like that with the tabernacle movement. We're not going to build this. We're just going to yield to it. Exactly. I like. And we don't have to administer it. We just have to live it. This is not something that man needs to systematize, collate, categorize. It's just something that man needs to be present with mm. so that God can do his will at any given moment yeah. through you. This is true Christianity. Yeah. This really is what is. was happening in the first century. But it never was completed. You know, the fallacy that people that want to be like the first century make is that they never became a completed, perfected church. Mm -hmm. They were headed that direction, right. but they never got to finish it. It leaves us to finish that work that they began. And that's what Jesus is doing in us today. We are Jesus 2.0. We are the body of Christ. The body of Christ is going to be like the head of Christ. Mm -hmm. And greater works than he did, we're going to do exactly. because there's a lot of us. And it's going to be all over the world. And it'll be the most amazing thing. It'll be peace on earth until that which lets is taken out of the way. And then the dragon having great wrath will go after whoever is left. And God is giving you an opportunity to be part of this body of believers, this church of Philadelphia that loves as he loves. It's something you have to want to do. You can't just sit in your armchair and just think about it and think that God's going to come and take you by force and put you some place that he wants you to be. You're going to have to say yes. Yes, exactly. You're going to have to learn to say yes to such an extent that you will go against your natural mind mm -hmm. and natural circumstances mm -hmm. to say yes. It's well worth it. It's very well worth it. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. I like my Christianity now because it's exciting. Yeah. And I have really no idea very much what's going to happen next week. But I do know what God wants me to do today. And my life is exciting today. And yeah. the next 24 hours is all I got to worry about. And God will lead me through that mm -hmm. 24 hours. And then the next day, he'll lead me through mm -hmm. that 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to know the end to walk in the present. God wants us living in the present anyway. And so much of what he's doing, especially when we're very yielded to what he really wants to do, is so foreign to our natural mind, so different than our past experiences, that we can't figure it out anyway. And if he told us where he was going, most of us would scream and run yeah, into the we woods. Believe him, yeah. We don't think it's true or we feel like we're not able, but... Moment by moment, yielding to a spirit takes us where we need to be. And then we're so satisfied in this moment because we're where we need to be doing what we need to be doing. Amen. I really appreciate everybody that has come with us to the end of this broadcast. I think that it's a privilege to have you listen to us and to be able to yeah, talk to God's really people. Is. What I encourage you to do is take that which you find profitable and use it. And don't worry about everything else. And the other thing I would encourage you is that if you've been blessed by this podcast, play it forward. Let somebody else be blessed too. You probably know of a family member or a friend or an acquaintance that you know this would really speak to them. And I encourage you to play it forward and spread the word. The more we spread the word, the more people will catch on to the fire of God that's coming forth in this latter days. Tell as many people as you feel led to do. And this is a confirmation ministry. So what God uses to confirm things to you may be different than what God uses 
in this same podcast to confirm something to somebody else. So go as the Spirit leads, play it forward to whoever you feel to share it with, and just see what God wants to do. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Christ Church of the Superficial You gotta see us Hi, how are you? I am the Righteous Reverend of the First Church of the Superficial, where we are increased with goods and have need of nothing. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, I want to talk to you about prayer. Prayer is something I am intimately familiar with. In fact, I decided last week to go up on a high mountain alone and pray. Now, it was a high mountain. I had to walk for at least an hour to get to the top. And I was sitting out there. I was looking at God's creation. And I was praying that God would answer me. Now, to be alone with God is especially important when you're up high on a mountain. Because that's where God usually is, you know high places in God. God was on Mount Horeb. He's always up there somewhere, so I thought I'd go and find him. And I was there, and I was praying. I said, Lord! And I listened and didn't see anything. I said, Lord! And I listened and didn't say anything. Finally, it came to me. God was not up on that mountain. I said, no, that cannot be. I read the Bible just like everybody else. I interpret the Aramaic, the Chaldaic, and the Greek, and the Hebrew, and everything. And I read the Bible, and it's supposed to be up there. And he was not there. What was going on? So I took my tent down, took my stove and my latte machine, and I packed it up. And I went down that mountain just like Moses. Except I didn't have Ten Commandments. I just had one revelation. And do you want to know what that revelation was? That revelation was God is in his people. God is now dwelling not on the high places of the mountain, but in individuals. Can you believe it? When I am fellowshipping with people in my church, there is God. So I didn't have to go up there and camp on that chilly hill to see God. All I had to do is go to church. Now I learned something. I hope you do too. This has been Righteous Moment with the Righteous Reverend. Be blessed. Well, that's a great revelation. I think that's something we can all learn from. Exactly. He's on to something there. Yeah. The Righteous Reverend. I see growth. That's wonderful. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We pray that you have a wonderful seven days. Be blessed. You know, don't be hard on yourself. God isn't. He loves you. Mm -hmm. He wants to bless you. Just listen to his voice, say yes, and God will lead and guide you into all truth. That's right. Amen? Amen. We'll talk to you later. This is God's Love Club. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) He actually said something right. He actually said something right this time. Wow. Wow. Perhaps I've misjudged. (laughs) It just proves that there can be growth in anyone.